and just ask the Lord, hey, uh, we got an exciting morning ahead. If, if the rest of the service is anything like it was last night, you're in for a treat. Uh, we're taking a little bit of a break from the series on Ruth. We've been studying this, this incredible book in the Old Testament in a series that we've called Risk, uh, Living Courageously in Times of Uncertainty. And while we're not teaching on Ruth today, uh, I think there is an element of risk in the service this morning. Uh, this is what we call open baptism, where we just are going to allow anyone who's feeling uh, the nudge to, to jump in. And uh, one of the things we've seen as we've studied Ruth is uh, this incredible Moabite woman is willing to risk really her future, her future happiness to serve her mother-in-law, Naomi. Uh, we've really unpacked that, especially over the last couple of weeks, what a sacrifice it was. We know the rest of the story, but she certainly didn't when she took that risk. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, there is this picture, whenever God calls us to, to do something or calling us into something, it's always going to feel really risky, right? It's going to feel like you're giving up something. It's going to feel like you're losing something. You risk control. You risk uh, maybe even being chastised. Or, so all kinds of things come with, with being obedient to God, in, in our mind's eye anyway, about risk. <coughs> Excuse me. But here's the deal. Whenever we face any kind of risk, we all do the same thing, whether we do it consciously or subconsciously, we all go into what's called risk analysis. We say to ourselves, is the end game worth the risk? Is it worth me taking this risk? Whether you're in business and you're, you're playing that on your mind, is it worth taking this risk? Whether you're in financial, you know, investing your finances, you decide is the risk worth the reward? There's a, a, a thing that we go through in our mind. Even when you're driving, you think about it, you're going to take a risk and you're going to get in the other lane and you're going to pass all these cars, but you're calculating your mind. Am I going to be able to get past these cars before I get to my exit, right? You're just doing, you guys, have, it's not just me, right? We all do it. We're constantly in risk analysis. And what I want you to hear is, is following God can feel at times very risky, but the reward is always worth it. And we see that in the book of Ruth. We think about this woman who is willing to risk so much, yet she becomes the grandmother for King David and part of the lineage of Christ. There's always a payoff on the other end that far exceeds even what we can ask, think, or imagine. So this morning, some of you are going to be uh, feeling a nudge to take a risk and to get out of your seat and come down and, and get baptized. And I just want to encourage you that, that, that it's worth it, that it's worth the risk. And I'm going to spend just a couple minutes here sort of outlining baptism so we know what we're getting into, so you have a good idea of why we do baptism. I'm hoping to give you just a few compelling reasons why if you've said yes to Jesus, this morning is the morning for you to get baptized. Uh, so just stay with me for a couple minutes. So here at Grace, we have a mission statement. What is our mission statement? Boy, I don't know. That was pretty weak. Let's do it one more time. We are... Very good. So that mosaic is just the incredibly beautiful diversity that God has brought our way. White, black, rich, poor, young, old, and really an incredible amount of diversity even in our past religious upbringings. That's one of the things we're discovering more and more. We have people that come out of a more traditional liturgical tradition, a Pentecostal tradition, and here we all are in the same room trying to figure out how to follow Jesus together. And we embrace that and we love that about what God is doing. Uh, but the striving to live like Jesus, we want to do the things that Jesus did. And if, I don't know if you know this, but Jesus was baptized. Matthew 3, 13 through 17 says, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John, who's John the Baptist, to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you come to me. 
But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. There's a picture of immersion here. You can see in the very graphically that Jesus was submerged in water when he came up from the water. And behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming on rest, and resting on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. So the first compelling reason for you to be baptized this morning is to follow Christ's example. Christ was baptized, thus we ought to be baptized. There's also this beautiful picture of of when Jesus coming out that the Holy Spirit descends and there is something supernatural that takes place in the baptismal tank. I just, I can't explain it. Uh, That's why it's uh, supernatural, but, but it's there. Jesus also commanded us to baptize people. So the, the great command, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me, but go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So when we're in that tank and we're baptizing, you say we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we are being obedient to the teachings of God. So the second compelling reason for us to participate in baptism is to follow Christ's commandment. So we follow his example and we follow his commandment. I wanna give you one more reason uh, that I think is, is worth paying attention to. Throughout the New Testament, over and over, we see people who put their faith in Jesus and then immediately thereafter, they're baptized. There's a, a process, a rhythm to what we see, whether it's the jailer, if you remember the story of the jailer and, and, and all the chains are broke, but the prisoners stay and, and he's so amazed by that and then uh, they lead him to Christ and it says the jailer immediately after they lead him to Christ was baptized, right? So there's another story that I wanna point your attention to. There's a guy named Philip, he's also in the Bible, he's one of the apostles. God tells him to go on a trip and doesn't tell him why he's going on a trip, but just tells him to go. So he heads out in obedience, which is kind of risky, right? Anytime you just, okay, I'm going, but I don't know where I'm going. So Philip heads down the road and, and he comes across this Ethiopian guy and uh, has this encounter with the Ethiopian. This is in Acts 8, 29. It says, the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. Now, I think Philip at this point is like, great. Now I know why I'm on this silly journey that I didn't know. So it says, Philip ran to him and heard that he was reading Isaiah, the prophet. And he asked, hey, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invites Philip to come up and sit in the chariot. And now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to slaughter. And like a lamb before the shears is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch says to Philip, about whom is is he writing, is this about the prophet himself or someone else? And Philip opens his mouth and begins with the scriptures and told him the good news about Jesus. He shared the gospel with him, right? He, he led him to Christ, right? That's what happens there in verse 36. And it says, and as they were going along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop and they both went down to the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. So the third reason, compelling reason, I think that we get baptized is because we follow in Christ's followers, right? He commanded it, he set us an example for it, he commanded it, and then we see it in the church. We see the way that the early church was organized, and we know that this is the way that God has called us to do it. 
But what I love about that passage and the reason that I wanted to read it was the response of this Ethiopian eunuch. They, he, he's led to Christ through the sharing of the gospel and then he says these words, see, there's some water. I don't know if it was a lake, I don't know if it was a river, but what I do know is they were riding along in that chariot, he looked out the window and he saw water and immediately what did he say? See, here's some water, what prevents me from being baptized? You can feel his, his excitement, you can feel his anticipation, you can feel his, his desire. I want to be baptized. I've said yes to Jesus and I wanna be baptized. Let's not wait another minute. So they stop the chariot and they go down and what I wanna say to you is, uh, we brought some water, right? We brought some water. And we've made it pretty easy for you. We've even brought clothes and towels. So some of you are like, I wish I'd have known I would have brought a change of clothes. We have tons of clothes in the back for you to wear. I wish I'd brought a towel. We have tons of towels in the back for you to use. All of that's there. Real quick, I just wanna make sure you know what you're walking into. So real quick, what is baptism? First, it's just an outward expression of an inward decision. It's a, in a way, a word or a, a way of saying, I am all in. It's a way of putting on your team colors. That's why I wore this jersey last year when we did it and why I'm wearing it now. What does this tell you? That I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> right, it tells you something about the team that I follow, right? Meg and I were at dinner Friday night and there was a group of people there and they were all Bulls fans. And apparently the Bulls were playing the Pistons uh, at the new arena downtown. Look, I, I didn't know any of them, but I knew they were all Bulls fans as soon as we all came in. How did they know? Because they were all wearing their colors, right? Which was pretty annoying to me. But beside the point, <laughs> We knew, and it's, it's sort of that picture, but if you think about it, even to the, to the next level, uh, this is, right, Golden Tate's jersey. Imagine if he refused to wear his colors. Imagine as a Detroit Lion, if he were to say, I, I'm not willing to wear Honolulu blue and silver. I'd like to wear red and black this week. Right, it wouldn't work, would it? Part of putting on the uniform, part of wearing your colors is saying, I'm all in. It's actually pretty amazing. If you just stay with this analogy and think about it, we actually begin to understand what it means to be a part of that team. You start to, they cheer in a particular way. You know, you go, certain stadiums have their own sort of cheers, their own say, way of saying things, doubles, whatever it is. It all becomes just part of the lingo, but you become part of, part of that group, right? So putting on your team color. So it's just an outward expression of an inward decision, it's a way of putting on your jersey, it's a way of saying, I'm in for Jesus. The second thing that baptism is, is it's an invitation. I say it to you all the time, the movement of God in your life always starts with an invitation. And baptism is an invitation to experience the spirit of God in your obedience. When you are obedient to God, God pours out his spirit on you, but in the, just in the other side of that is when you are disobedient to God, you hold back all of what the spirit of God can do in and through you. And what we see over and over is that people experience the spirit of God in the midst of baptism. There is indeed something supernatural that takes place in baptism. Third, it's a chance for you to identify with the death in the resurrection of Jesus. There's a beautiful picture of being submerged. The old is gone and the new has come. Romans 6, 4 says, we were buried therefore with him 
by baptism into his death in order that Christ Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. It's a profound invitation to experience more of Jesus. So, what are we gonna do? We're gonna invite you to come down if you would like to be baptized. We have a few people who have uh, already told us they were and we've uh, prepared a little card for them to read. Uh, For the rest of you that are participating in what we would call the spontaneous baptism, uh, we're not not gonna ask you to read in front of the mic. I feel like we've removed every possible uh, objection point that you might have. I don't really feel comfortable talking into a mic. You're not gonna have to talk into the mic. I didn't bring my clothes, we brought you some clothes. I don't have a towel, we brought you a towel. And we have water. So I think we got it all covered, and Jesus is in the house, so uh, yeah. So here's, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna ask uh, our friends who have already prepared to come, and while they are getting ready to come, and while the band comes up and gets ready to play, I'm gonna ask those of you who want to be baptized today just to get up from your seat right now, come down and to go right through this door right here, and we have people there that are willing to meet you, so there's one, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on down, look at here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Awesome. Amen. Hey, um, we have the fourth and fifth graders all the way up through high school in the room and we did that on purpose. If you are a young person and you're in the room and you are feeling the nudge to do this, I just encourage you if you're with your parents or your grandparents or whoever it is that you just tug on their shirt and tell them you wanna do it. And um, if you would like your parent to be the one, hey, well done. It's uh, great. So we bought it, brought enough extra clothes. If you want a parent, someone who's had a significant role in your life to be the one to do it, you can just ask them to uh, do it with you. That's great. Well done. Awesome. Okay. Who's next? Come on up. We're going to hear from a few people who are ready to go and excited and wearing their KAA stuff. You know, you know. You know. All right. My name is Lynn. just pray moment that you would make it clear that you have sealed each person with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would continue to move in a powerful way. I pray that you would empower, that you would enlighten, that you would bless each person in this room. Those who took that that leap of faith, took the risk, I pray that you would just help them to walk faithfully with you. We just thank you uh, for this place. Thank you for this celebration. Thank you for all that you've done today and last night. And we just pray continue to move in a powerful way, more than we can ask, think, or imagine, according to the power of the Spirit that's at work within us. In Jesus' name, amen. You have a great